Driving in Texas is serious business, and oftentimes things happen to good people. All too often, people who are injured because of other people's negligence rule out contact in a law firm like Push and Win because they assume that they don't really have a case. That's not true. For your free consultation, why not call a law firm like Push and Win, who not only want to help you, but put your life back together. Auto accidents and 18-wheelers can cause serious injury, and you need to hold them accountable with a team like Push and Win. Visit pushandwin.com or call them at 713-636-5067 and tell them Eric from 104 sent you. Welcome. Hello. Hi. Uh, as you saw when she walked in, she's very tall. <laughs> And um, she she told me that she actually thought she was short for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. Well, because everybody in my family is like basically six foot or above, and then even in sports, like I was always just like the short one. <laughs> and then my best friend is five one and three quarters, and the three quarters is very important because then she'd always call me like a giant. <laughs> like she'd always be like you and you Amazonian woman. I'm like I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and then she met me, and I was like I'm literally wearing platforms for you, <laughs> and I'm still. A midget, but it's fine. Uh, well, welcome to Studio 104. So happy to have you here. I'm so happy to be here. We love you. <laughs> we love your song, A, B, C, D, E, F, U. And uh, super excited to see you open for AJR tonight. Bro, I know I'm so stoked. The tour just started. This is the third show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm really and excited. And you uh, are kicking it off in Texas, where yes, you're originally I'm from. from. Woo! Texas! So how has been your return to Texas? No, I love it. I've eaten so much food. It's yeah. amazing. It's <laughs> so hot outside. We did a lot of stuff kind of on like the East Coast and West Coast. And it was pretty cold. Like even like we went to like New York and Boston and all of that. And it was very, very, very cold. So it's nice to be somewhere that's actually like not, I'm not freezing my ass off. But now I'm sweating my ass off. So yeah, that's exactly. Really nice. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what has been one thing that you really missed about Texas? Oh man, I miss my friends that I, I that lived in Texas. I always really loved visiting them. Um, I feel like I this is super random, but I feel like there's more pools in Texas just yeah. because it's really hot. Yeah, <laughs> and I miss that a lot. Um, and I mean, yeah, and just like the food as well. The food here slaps. Like it goes so hard, and in, it, it just Tennessee isn't isn't there on the food game in the way that Texas is. So well, Tennessee Woo! does have barbecue, but it's different. It's different. It's different. It's different barbecue, barbecue though it's different yeah yeah so you're opening for AJR of course at Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion tonight yes. we're so excited to see you <laughs> this is your first like big real well you did a tour before but this yeah. is your first big show it's my first like amphitheater yeah. tour yeah how ever. has it been so far I know it's only a couple shows it's in. crazy I freak out every time before we walk on stage because <laughs> really? there's so well because there's always so many people yeah. and I'm just like what and I'm like, why did they let me on stage with the microphone? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what? Or every time I'm like, oh, my God. There's people. There's human beings, you know. Um, or it's always like, okay, let's hope we don't suck, but let's go. <laughs> you know? It's super hot. Like, it's so hot. And then there's a bunch of people. So then I'm always, like, out of breath. And then I'm really excited. And then I'm sweating. And I'm like, this <laughs> is really interesting. <laughs> Is there any, like, pre-show rituals that you've been doing to kind of calm the nerves? Yeah, we do this countdown thing. So... <laughs> Well, we'll whisper so it starts really quiet and then we go louder so it'll be like one two three fuck one two three fuck one two three fuck one two and we just do it as loud as we possibly can and then AJR is like a family friendly show and then of course I'm up here being like what's up 
Here's why. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, I mean, all good. I, that actually brings me to my next question because, okay. of course, you have ABCDEFU. Yes. You have You're So Horny, Sleeping With My Friends, all these songs that I feel like at 17 years old, I would not be having those conversations with my family, let alone to the entire public. So how was it for you, you know, showing those songs to your family and, and adults? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a nerve wracking thing. I've been writing songs since I was 10. So it wasn't like I woke up one day and was like, here's my <laughs> song. Hi, mom. You know, like it started off as like a very casual, like transition because for the longest time I just write songs on my guitar and I started out in country music so it's like there and I'd write songs about like my grandpa and my brother and my friends in school in a show I watched on Disney Channel like you know and then it just kind of like slowly started evolving into just more like serious topics and I think it was just because I was growing up and I also always wanted to know what the adults were talking about like I always wanted to like but then I found out what the adults were talking about and I was like oh, I don't know if I want to know um, and so I just started like writing more songs about it started I kind of just also started getting more comfortable myself and like who I was as a person and not even trying to like please anybody else other than like just pleasing myself and what I'm trying to do and accomplish and I think because of that, like I just slowly started like cursing in songs, kind of started talking about sex and relationships in songs. And um, there's a moment in time where like I showed my mom ABC and I showed my grandmother ABC, and then I also did a song called Breakup Sex. On t- and showing your grandmother a song called Breakup Sex did very scary. <laughs> I was very scary. So we're sitting in the car, and I'm like, uh, okay. They're like, show me music. I'm like, no, I'm good, I'm good. They're like, nah, because my I, I love my mom, and she's very, very proud of me, and I'm very grateful to have a mother that's proud of me and supportive of my music, and I would not be where I am without my mother being proud and grateful and like trying to help me, you know. And I so of course like she pulls up the song and. You know, I sat there and I was like, okay, what is my grandma going to think? What is my grandma going to think? What is my grandma going to think? And, you know, she looked at me and she was like, you get to say all the things at 17 that I never could or got to. Amen. And, you know, my mother at 17 wouldn't have necessarily been able to do that or even have the possibility of it being accepted. And there's still things that are like, maybe I won't be able to say at 17, but it's like continuing the future of trying to like say the things and make it to where there's and and there's going to be another 17 year old in 20 years that are like you know what and my mom couldn't say that at my age and all of that and so I just think it put the song in a completely new perspective for me and just because it was like a joke song that I wrote my best friend to shit talk my ex-boyfriend we're like that's funny like you know like I wasn't sitting here being like that's the peak of music I was like you know what I hate my ex-boyfriend you know what I hate his parents his car is pretty dumb too like just you know um not his dog but yeah and then it just but it's it was also very scary and then I also remember I played ABC for my brother and he hates everything I do. I love him to death. He's like one of my best friends. But any opportunity you give an older sibling to shit talk you, they will take. Like that's just gonna happen. Um, and so I played him. And it was it was I was just A B C D E F U. I I felt like it was one of those ideas that people could either like it or they could think it's like stupid. And you don't get to know when you write it. You just show it to people and kind of find out. And I played it for my brother, and he just very serious. He was like, play it again. And I was like. Oh. So I was like, okay. And then I played it for him. And then he was like, that's a hit. And I was like, hmm? That like gave me chills. You're uh, talking about that. Yeah, he was literally, we were just sitting in his room. And he's like, that's a hit. That's it. That's the song. And I was like, nah, 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 nah. And he's like, that's it. And I put it out a year later. And 
we're here. <laughs> and, I, and I love the point that you made about, you know, your grandmother saying that those are things she wished she could have said or mm -hmm. probably was thinking and never felt confident enough to say out loud. And I think you've done that for a lot of people with ABCDEFU and so much of your music because it's like, again, these are things that we talk about with our girlfriends, with our best friends, but now it's coming through our speakers and that's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah I, I, it definitely like switched the perspective for me because I was like, that's, I mean, that's true. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You seem like a very, you know, honest person. You live your life out loud. And I, I want to talk about dating because it is so hard. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, what kind of person are you in a relationship? First of all, let's start there. In a relationship, I haven't been in a relationship in a, almost two years. So I like, I went through this relationship and I we broke up and I was like that was a waste of my time. I don't waste my time again. Mm -hmm. um, I think it really depends on the person. I haven't been like I realized and I didn't realize this, but I like the last relationship I was in, I felt like I was stressed out all the time because I felt like I was holding like something that was broken, like everything was already broken and if I just moved it an inch it was all going to just like fall apart. And I thought I was just like a stressed out person when I had a boyfriend because I just was like you know I'm like I got worried I got worried about the fact that like oh is he talking to other people are we talking enough is he interested in me does he like me all of this and um and I just realized like he that is in this specific relationship like he made me that way because he never made me feel like he wanted me or he m never made me feel like he saw me he never made me feel like he accepted me for who he was but then I thought I was the reason why I was stressing out, which I was for, I will d take accountability for that, but when he never made me feel like he wanted me or was interested in me or actually loved me and wanted to be with me, then I was becoming like a really stressed out, anxious person. And I thought that was all on me. I was like, oh God, am I that person in relationships where I'm just like terrified all of the time that they're just gonna leave? And it's like, no, that person has to give you the validation and make you feel like they want and care about you and aren't going to leave you, you know? And yeah. so I think I also, like, one, I, I thought I loved commitment. I was like, yes, I love commitment. I love committing to people, love being in committed relationships. It's great. But I think part of me, like, subconsciously is I, I would commit to people that I knew would probably not fully commit back to me. And then, like, if I knew if it wasn't really going to, like, work out like I didn't know that but I think subconsciously part of me knew that they weren't really like ready for a committed relationship or that's not what they like actually wanted but then I'm like that's perfect I'm gonna commit to you because you're gonna end up disappointing me at some point and then we're gonna end and I can say that I wanted the committed relationship but secretly I kind of knew I was never gonna have it so it's like self-sabotage Bit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But then I also like I just care very, very, very deeply. I'm a fixer too, so if I think mm -hmm. like which is so selfish. You can't like you can't look yeah. at somebody's life and look at what they're doing and be like, I can make it better. Or like well, yeah. I know what's best for you. Well, <laughs> but I think it's very mature of you to realize like who you are in a relationship, self reflect on things and kind of, you know, learn a lesson. Yeah, well also like, like my my biological like parents, like they got divorced when I was like two and then I had a stepdad and they got divorced when I was thirteen and so I never really had a good example of what 
people looks like when they're in love and how people should treat each other. Like, um, my, my mom and my stepdad fought a lot and like there's things and they like, it was, you know, like the fights where you say things to hurt people's feelings and you know, like when you know somebody so well and you, when you know how to make somebody feel good, you also know how to make them feel equally as bad, you know? And so I used to think an argument, somebody had to win. You had to say something to hurt somebody's feelings because that's how I saw it. That's how I thought you got through issues is you, you come to them and you're like, you asshole, how dare you? And I would just blow up on people. Like I would have, I would have a boyfriend and like he would disappoint me and instead of me like calmly telling him what made me mad, I would call him and I would just yell. We would start yelling at each other and we'd start fighting and then I'd say things to hurt his feelings. He'd say things to hurt my feelings. And then by the end of the argument, I was like, that was... It was fun. That was a nice little spice up. That was drama. Oh my God, he cares about me. We fought. Like, you know, like, and I, so I really also had to like sit with myself and think about the things that I saw as a young kid and the examples that I had and think about the things that were actually right and think about the things that I might have to like untrain myself in. And especially I never had a good example of how like somebody should treat somebody. So I don't know how to get properly treated. That's not something I thought like you just like you should know how to be treated, but if nobody ever showed you a good example of how you're supposed to be treated in a relationship, you're just not gonna know. And so I guess for me too, it's also trying to be like lenient with myself of understanding the fact that like, I wasn't always given a good example. I don't always know what I'm worth. I don't always know how I'm supposed to be treated, but just trying to like have awareness of that and just being very lenient and forgiving of myself of being like, I'm not always gonna do the right thing, right? I'm like, I'm not always going to do the right thing, but I can try my best. <laughs> End of my minute rant on relationships. <laughs> I think, I, maybe, am I pressing a button? I don't know. Am I, I probably, I feel like I'm definitely the problem somehow. I don't know. <laughs> you are not. You are not. Well, I mean, going forward, dating is a very long, grueling process. Um, going forward, is there uh Red flags you look for, uh, green flags you look for. Um, okay, red flags I feel like in relationships, and I didn't necessarily know this, especially when you're younger and you haven't been in a relationship with red flags, you don't know how red flags like play out. So like, there's times where I'm like, that's a red flag, but that could be a fun six months. And then by the end of the six months, you're like, I hate you and I hate myself too. Um, but I would say, so red flags is like all of the exes being crazy because there's no way, that I, I can get like a crazy ex, maybe even two, but if like all of the exes block them, if all of them are like crazy and like just no taking responsibility of who they are in the relationship and if they shit talk their exes, because you're just gonna like, you you can, you always have to like think about how the person you like treats their exes because you might become one of them. And so if they're not nice to their exes, if they aren't able or willing to like communicate with them in any way or even try and have a healthy friendship after a relationship, I feel like that's, that's a red flag. Respect is like a really, really important thing. Like they need to respect what you do and what you like and understand like what your needs are in a relationship because some people have different communication skills. Like I, don't always like calling people and texting them all of the time, but if I'm with somebody that needs that constant communication, like that's just like understanding somebody's needs and if they're willing to be able to like communicate them, I feel like that's really important. Again, I'm saying this all of, of being a 17 year old girl. Right. Last time I dated somebody, I, I'm not even lying, I was 16, they broke up with me and they're 
fucking truck. They had a oh. mullet. They proceeded to get a mustache after our breakup. So just know my standards are low, very low. I'm not even lying. This is how they broke up with me. I get in their car and they're, they're not even looking at me. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be fun. Because you know when you're getting broken up with. Like, you know. And so then I'm sitting there and he's like, I lost feelings for you three days ago. And I was like, come again? No, because he was like, I didn't mean to lose feelings for you. And I was like, huh? Excuse me? And he's like, I lost feelings for you three days ago. And I was like, okay, that's very specific. That's like, like on a Wednesday at 2 p.m., I woke up and I was like, she's a bitch. And then I was just like, okay, okay. And he's like, I wish things were different, but they're not. And I was like, okay, right? I have actually written a song called Three Days because I was so pissed about it. Because I'm like, just say you're lazy. Just say like, hey, I actually don't want a girlfriend because they're annoying and I just want to play video games all day. I would have respected that more than on a Wednesday. I was hanging out with my guy friends because guy friends are the homies and the most important, which I get. But then I'm like, and I just realized I don't like you. I'm like, cool, You're cool, like, cool. Great. Thank, thank you. you for the next really, And then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to date again for a minute. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. Over it. I'm, I think I'm waiting out for Jack Harlow, personally. Yeah, that's what I'm waiting okay. around for. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you do have a birthday coming up. June 10th. 18. 18 years old. You got big plans? I, so I'm going to be in Sweden for my birthday. Okay. So I'm really excited for that. Well, so on June 9th, I'll be in Sweden, and then I'm going to like stay up till midnight, do the birthday thing, and then I go to London on my birthday. And I will probably get another permanent adult sticker of some sort go. and do very legal things. Yeah, yeah, there we go. There you go. Well, 18 in London, you can drink. Very legally. Yeah. It makes me very happy. There we go. <laughs> I can't wait. My first time. Woo. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, I do want to do a little bit of a, a speed round using uh, A, B, C, D, E, F, U. So here it. we go. A, best advice you've ever received. Ooh. Mm, 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 mm. I would say there's a couple. There's a couple things. I would say there's one thing that was really interesting where it was like somebody was like you don't have a microphone to sing loud you have a microphone to be quiet and to be heard mm. and I felt like that was just like an interesting and then another one was like um, when you're like talking about shows like you have to put a show together and like it takes like a week or two most of the time it's like a little boot camp it's fun like you wake up in the morning you go you set up the equipment you do the thing you know and then by the end of the week you're like I hate this and everybody involved <laughs> no. <laughs> no but somebody was like the crowd doesn't like you don't get the energy off of the crowd you give the crowd energy and if they give it back to you that's something but you don't get energy from the crowd you give it to them and if they give it back to you then you're doing a good job but like to always don't expect the people to try and like because you're tired like it's it's a tiring thing to be traveling you're in different time zones your body is like literally they're like what is going on you're traveling all of the time and it can be like you don't have a consistent sleep schedule and you don't maybe don't always like eat consistently like there's always just things that are like you know like your body's like what is going on but your brain's like this is awesome and so it can be like it can be a really confusing feeling and then you're about to go on stage and then you want people to have a good time and it's like don't go on stage to be like okay the people are going to make me like 
hype. It's like, no, I gotta be hype for the people. And then they can come back and be like, that didn't suck. And I'm like, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, B. B. A bucket list item that you have. Ooh, ooh, I really, 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 really want to perform at Nissan Stadium. It's a stadium in Nashville, and I saw Taylor Swift play at it, and I was like, I really, really want to do that one day. Open for Taylor Swift. Let's put that, that in the universe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd be down 100%. Uh, C, collab. You mentioned Jack Harlow. Is Jack that Harlow? top of the list? I mean, that and I feel like Youngblood. I would love to okay. do something with Youngblood. He's really dope. Dream job if you weren't doing music or in addition to music. Man, um, mm, I feel like I would really like to, I feel like I could like being a therapist. Mm. I feel like that would be interesting trying to have like a legitimate understanding of emotions and how it works for other people. And I feel like maybe being a nutritionist because I feel like food, especially as like being a young woman, but I just feel like for people in general, like it's so hard to try and like navigate it. And I feel like everybody has their own personal relationship with food and it's like always like a test. And like when you grow up, like things can just like get confusing and go wrong and like trying to like figure out how to like maybe help people with that or even trying to help like my own personal relationship with food. I feel like that could be. Nutritionist is mine too. If I wasn't doing radio. So so crazy. That's wild. Um, E, if you ran into your ex today, what would you say to them? Depends which one. (laughs) The one that ABCDEFU is about. Probably wouldn't say anything. I think we'd just be like, we'd be like those exes. We're like in the corner separate and we like know exactly where we are in the room, but we're just like, I don't see anything. Is there anything important? I don't think there's anything important. But I'd try and look really, really hot. But like oh, really yeah. uninterested. You know? <laughs> like like the random girl at the coffee shop, you it's know? Like, I know you saw me, but I didn't see you. <laughs> F, you mentioned food, so favorite food. food. Favorite food. You can do mm, potatoes. I feel oh. like because you can do so much with it. A loaded baked potato, that's where it's at. Like the sour cream, the bacon, the butter, the green onions great (laughs) and last but not least you something you like about yourself oh yo i got this birthmark on my right leg and it's cute as shit (laughs) some people think it's food it's not it's like i think it's like a heart it's definitely a blob but like i think it's cute yeah, that's... Oh, it does <laughs> kind of look like a heart, I think it's actually. a heart. It totally Ignore the does. fact that I haven't shaved my legs. It's fine. I love but that. Like, we'll get a close-up <laughs> on it. <laughs> we'll show the people. Um, I do want to get to a couple um, listeners. We have some beautiful listeners in our audience today that have burning questions for you as well. Um, so Marissa from Friendswood, where are you? Yo, there she is, right in the front. Uh, she wants to know what inspired you to write ABCDEFU. Oh, man. Well, so I wrote this song with my best friend, Sarah Davis, and Dave Pittenger, who's a really good friend of ours. And it was the second time all three of us were writing. And the first time we wrote, Dave brought in the idea. Because I most of the time like coming in with something, especially when you're the artist in the room, it's kind of your job to kind of be like, this is what I want to say, and this is kind of how I want to say it. And you know, because you have to like direct, because the writer's job is to help the artist tell the story that they want to. And then the producer's job is to help like with the song and all of that and so um sarah and i were both on our period <laughs> and we we're very mad about it and then we like walk in and i was like dave david dave 
I got nothing. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. So if you could like do your thing, <laughs> that'd really be appreciated. And then he was like, okay, okay. He's like, I've I have a lot of ideas. It's very Dave. He's like, I have like a hundred ideas. And I'm like, cool, cool, cool. And then he like says he like goes on the list and he's like <clears throat> he literally clears his throat and he's like a b c d e fuck off and sarah and i just bursted out laughing like we were almost like falling over the couch like we we're laughing so hard and i was like that's it that's what we're writing and he's, and it was very deep too because he was like i have i have better ideas i have better ideas and i was like there's literally nothing else that you could say to convince me to write anything else you know and then at the time like i was writing a lot of songs where like i thought i was the problem like you know, like, there's two sides in relationships, and, like, you're not always, like, the perfect person, but it's, like, I really thought, like, I was the problem. I felt so guilty. I was the burden on him, and so I guess I, like, woke up one day, and I just kind of, like, had snippets. Like, I would, I would, it was kind of after I really got, like, over him. It took a really long time. It was probably, like, it was, like, six, six to eight months after the relationship. I would get, like, snippets of things that he would say to me, like, there's one time I literally totally, like, anytime you do something to make me mad or anything I could get mad at for the sake of our relationship or our friendship, just went out. Like, I would just, like, not think about it or be like, you know what, maybe he meant it in this other way or justify it or something. Like, I remember one time we're on FaceTime and I'm a teenage girl. I don't look in the mirror every day and I'm not like, ha, ha. Like, I was, like, looking in the mirror and I was like, I hate myself. I'm ugly. And then, obviously, I was just like, what is better for a boyfriend other than for him to tell you when you're, you're pretty, when you don't feel like it? And so we we're talking, and he was like, how is, how is you? How's your day? And I was like, you know what? I really struggled with, like, my face and my body today. Like, today was just, like, a hard day. Like, I looked in the mirror and my face just didn't make sense to me. And he was like, I mean, you're not the most beautiful girl in the world. No. But you're pretty. And I'm not even lying. I'm no bullshit. I was like, he's so honest. <laughs> I literally was like, you're right. I'm not the most beautiful girl in the world. And he has the balls to tell me. And then like it literally took me our whole ass relationship. And then six to eight months afterwards to be like, that was just rude. Like, and you, there, there is no, like, most beautiful girl in the world. Like, that's not, that doesn't exist. That's not a thing. And just to be like, well, you're not the most beautiful. You could have just been like, you're not ugly. And I would have been like, thanks. Like, my standards were obviously at the bottom of the floor. <laughs> like, um, and so it's like little stuff like that that just kind of, like, built up. And I, like, never let myself feel it. I never accepted it. I always justified his actions. I always felt like I was the problem. And then, like, I found out through a mutual friend after a breakup who's talking mad shit about me, like, just saying so many things. And then I got the snippets from a relationship, and I was just like, I'm mad. I'm mad because you treated me so badly, and, like, you did things to make me feel bad or just not to make me feel great when all I did was try and make you happy. I didn't always succeed. I wasn't always the nicest person. I didn't always know how to handle conflict and things, but I was trying my best, and I was trying my best to always make him feel good and happy, and he just wasn't always doing that for me. And I just kind of realized that, like, that's not a friend and that's not a good person to be in a relationship with or to have in your life. And my best friend always hated him. Always, 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 tell, always tell hated him. And so then we went in and I was like, I'm mad. And she's like, thank fucking God. And we wrote a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Whiskey Nick over there in the corner. Ooh, hello. He has a great name, by yes. the way. So the dog is safe. The dog is safe. In, in the song. Always. What course. is the breed of the dog? It's a sheep. It was a sheep. 
Kayla. That was her name. She was very sweet. You, you can't hate the dog. Cannot hate the dog. You cannot hate the dog. <laughs> um, and uh, Malena, Malena, right here. First concert tonight. You are Yo. her first concert. Well, I hope you don't hate it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she um, she wants to know who was your concert and where was it? My first concert was Aretha Franklin, the love of my life. Whoa, the queen of soul. That is awesome. I was honored. I was, I believe, I was eight, and I was so excited. The reason why I do music and I started doing music was because of Aretha Franklin. And I just begged and begged and begged and begged my mom. And then she got like the tickets and then they messed up the tickets and she didn't get the right type of tickets. And they ended up putting us closer to the seat. I don't remember, I know it was in Texas, I think it was in Dallas. And I believe it was like one of those venues where there's like a chandelier in the ceiling and it was a theater and everything was super big, but I was like nine and tiny. So I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> um, but no, it was absolutely amazing. Like she's a god. Wow. Like she could perform. There were a couple questions in here about sports. Are you a sports fan? Do you play sports? Look, I do music for a reason, <laughs> but I'm willing to answer questions. <laughs> there we go. Well, I know you have a long day. You have to get out there and perform for all of us. We're yes, so excited bro, to I see hope you, you. I hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. And then, dude, AJR's show, I'm so excited for you to see it because, mm. like, it's crazy. Like, the animations they do, like, it's wild. And they, like, you it. How has so it been good. hanging out with them? They're so sweet. Like yeah. they're the nice. What I love about them too, one I've never been on like a full full tour before. So this is like they have catering, so you get like breakfast, lunch, and dinner, mm-hmm. and like and they get like you get like Sundays after, and like all of this. Like I was like, ooh, this is awesome. Um, but what's really cool is they have like a custom made like cornhole. Like AJR has their own cornhole thing backstage that they just like carry around like it's somebody's job to like take after the show like let's get the cornhole let's put it on the bus and then they also have their own ping pong table with a they have a box of 120 ping pong balls and again it's somebody's job to pick up all of the ping pong balls let's put the tennis table back on the bus and they have scooters they the brothers have scooters so they're always just like riding around because the amphitheaters are like huge and you have to walk everywhere and you never like and because you go to different place like every time you don't know where anything is so they just like kind of scooter around and they're just like yo yeah they're like when are we getting more music from you an album maybe maybe maybe. i'm definitely there's i'm definitely working on another body of work i believe june something maybe i don't know it's a little you know summertime possibly well, we're looking forward to it. We're looking forward to seeing you tonight. We're hyped you. for you. Even though you said you got to bring the energy, we're going to bring the energy for you. Oh, my goodness. So thank, thank you. you for thank coming. You. Thanks for hanging out with us. It has been so much fun. Thank you. Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the Just Capital seal. Bank of America is ranked number one for ongoing commitment to their workers with initiatives like Sharing Success, which awarded 97% of their teammates additional compensation, nearly all in stock. This is the program's seventh consecutive year, awarding more than $4.8 billion in total. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital.